For the News and Observer, I'm Avi Bajpai, your host of this week's episode of Under the Dome. On today's episode, I'll be talking with Brian Murphy of the NC Insider and News and Observer. Brian and some of our colleagues have done extensive reporting on the future of sports gambling here in North Carolina. Uh, Legislation currently before the State House could bring the massive industry of online and mobile sports betting to the state. Right now, if you want to place a legal bet on a sporting event in North Carolina, you'll have to travel to the westernmost parts of the state. That could soon change if lawmakers pass and Governor Roy Cooper signs Senate Bill 688 into law. Now, before we uh, get into today's conversation, I'd like to take a moment to introduce myself to listeners of the podcast. I'm thrilled to be the newest member of the politics team here at the NNO. Um, Last week was my first week on the team, and I'm excited to cover a variety of topics, including civil liberties and religious liberty, the state legislature, and this year's primary and general elections. Now, let's get back to what we're here to talk about today, the future of sports gambling in North Carolina. Brian, uh, you've been covering these developments extensively. Uh, tell us, you know, what this bill um, could soon could soon allow North Carolinians to start betting on sporting events online and on their phones. How big of a development is this? Sure. Well, well first, welcome to the team, Avi. We're, we're super excited to have you uh, as part of the state politics coverage team here at the NNO and, and have you on the podcast. So uh, thanks nice. for thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, the, the, the sports gambling legislation. Uh, so just to be clear, sports gambling is allowed in the state, but it's only allowed in the two Cherokee casinos in the far western part of the state. Um, so if you live in Raleigh or, or Charlotte or, or you know the coast, um, it's really tough to place a legal sports wager. This bill would allow online sports gambling, the kind you've seen uh, advertised all over television, FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM, Caesars. Um, they would all be allowed to, to operate mobile gambling in the state if this bill passes. It, it, uh, Senate Bill 688 uh, passed the Senate last year in 2021. Um, it got a House committee hearing in 2021. Um, but supporters of the bill are very optimistic that it will pass the House in um, 2022. Uh, people listening to this probably probably know, but you know we, we do a two-year sort of cycle a long session and a short session. And so a bill that passed the state Senate last year would not have to go back to the state Senate this year unless there were some changes to the bill. So if this bill were to pass as is, were to pass the House and be signed uh, by Governor Cooper, it would be law. It would not have to go back to the Senate uh, as long as there are no changes made to it. Now, this uh, point that we're here um, in all these developments with this bill um, you know, readers of, of our coverage of this would 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 see that none of this would really be happening if it wasn't for um, a ruling actually in the U.S. Supreme Court four years ago in 2018. Um, can you tell us about that? Um, what? How exactly did that open the door for states like North Carolina to legalize sports betting in the first place? Sure, there was this, uh, and I may get the acronym wrong, but there was a bill basically prohibiting sports gambling. Uh, basically a federal ban on sports gambling. Um, however, four states, most notably Nevada, were grandfathered in because they already had state laws that allowed gambling on sports. Um, 
I believe Delaware was one, Montana and Oregon, not exactly places you think of as having giant casinos or lots of sports gambling. They had very minor aspects of sports gambling in those states. But Nevada was the biggie, right? It, it has these gleaming casinos. You can go out there yeah. and bet on sports whenever you want. Um, New Jersey uh, filed a lawsuit and it made its way through all the courts saying you know, that this law was unconstitutional, that states should be allowed to do whatever they wanted in this area and that this federal ban uh, should be overturned. Uh, eventually, it got all the way to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court ruled in their favor uh, basically saying, striking down this law and saying it's up to states to decide what they want to do. Some states have jumped right into it. New Jersey, as you might imagine, was was up and running very, very soon after the ruling. Uh, now at least 20 states, and, and the numbers kind of fluctuate and change all the time, but at least 20 states have, have legalized online sports gambling. Others have legalized, like North Carolina, have legalized some sports gambling in physical casinos. Um and so the, 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 there really is a hodgepodge of laws around the country. Uh, Virginia has full online gambling. Uh, you can bet from your mobile device, uh, Tennessee as well. So some of our neighbors have done this. So that was the big impetus. And North Carolina and, and some other states have, have sort of been conservative in, in waiting to see what's happened in these other states. And, and largely what's happened in these other states is they've made a lot of money. Um, they've, they've generated a lot of revenue. Um, we'll talk about that later, I'm sure, but how much revenue, but, um, there hasn't been, you know, I'm sure some, some critics will, will argue that there have been negative effects, but there hasn't been a, a giant, uh, scandal or anything. It yeah. seems to be operating, uh, you know, fairly well in these States, New York just legalized it. They took over $600 million in bets in the first week. So there is a large market for this. And when your neighbors start to do something, I think that that is also a trigger uh, to you to say, well, you can easily cross the border into Tennessee or cross the border into Virginia and do this legally. Why? Why are we allowing? You know, why is North Carolina not involved? So before we get into what exactly this bill would allow, what people would be able to, what what games people would be able to place bets on, um, I think it'd be great if we uh, refresh for for people. Um, what exactly the history of this is here in North Carolina. So you mentioned that right now, we talked about how right now, um, if you want to place, um, if you want to uh, legally uh, um, place a, a wager, um, you'd have to travel to uh, one of the casinos in the Western part of, part of the state. Um, can you just do a quick recap of, you know, what exactly happened there? When, sure. what, what, what's the timeline there? Yeah, well, uh, the Cherokee Casino, I believe the first one opened in, in the late 90s. Um, and then it was recently, uh, after the Supreme Court decision, I believe, um, pretty, yes, it was after the Supreme Court decision that the, the tribe asked for permission. Um, they had to sign a compact with the governor, um, or with the state, and they got permission to, to accept legal sports bets, um, in, in the casinos. And that, that only was a recent development after the Supreme Court decision. Relatively recently, um, you know, I think some of this is informed by our big the the fight that North Carolina had over the lottery um, in the in the early well the mid two thousands. Uh, I believe it was two thousand five. There was a tie vote that was broken by the lieutenant governor and the state senate, authorizing the state to get involved in the lottery. Some lawmakers are still around that were involved in that fight, and I, you know, that that really gets to that's slightly different than this in that. Um, well, there's many differences, but one of the biggest differences is the, is the state kind of runs the lottery. 
the, there's a state lottery commission yeah. and it runs the lottery. This would be selling licenses to private industry uh, to run this sports gambling. So, um, you know, there is a lot of complaints that the state should not be involved in the gambling business. Um, you know, this could be considered being involved in the gambling business, but it's not state run like it is in, in yeah. the lottery. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's let's talk about what exactly this legislation would allow. Um, what kinds of games would people be allowed to place bets on? Are we talking about um, professional professional leagues, but also uh, college level sports? What exactly does this entail? Yeah, uh, you'd be able to bet on college athletics. You'd be able to bet on the Olympics, uh, you know, which are starting here. Um, you'd be able to bet on you know pro pro sports. Um, you'd be able to bet on just about anything. I mean, youth sports are are specifically excluded. Uh, horse racing is specifically excluded. Um, there are a couple things that are specifically excluded from uh, from the bill, but but there'd be a you know you'd be able to bet on the UNC Duke game, you'd be able to bet on the Super Bowl, you'd be able to bet on uh, Major League Baseball games, you'd be able to bet on the Hornets and the Hurricanes and the Panthers, you know the teams in, in our state. Um, it, there is a wide wide latitude of things you'd be able to to wager on, and you'd be able to do all this online. You'd be able to do it on your phone, um, but. One aspect of this um, of this bill and what proponents of it are hoping will will happen is this concept of sports books by the actual arenas, by the stadiums, bringing right. more people to physically to the venues. Right, and and now um, that's worth explaining because um, you know if if people are familiar with gambling, they're used to sports books in in Las Vegas or some of these other states that have opened them, where you can walk in with cash, place a bet. Um, sit down, watch the game, and cash your bet when it's all said and done. Um, in North Carolina, this is it's very tightly written. There would only be about five venues in the state that would be allowed to have these sports books. They would operate slightly differently. You'd still have to have an online account, and you'd, you'd have to place your bet through the online account. Um, you wouldn't be able to. There, there may be someone there to help you through that process, um, you know, in person, or there may just be computer terminals where you can place those bets, or you can just yep. place it on your phone. Um, you wouldn't be able to walk in with a bag of cash, place a bet, sit down, watch the game, and, and cash that bet and walk out. There, there would be more of a record of who you are because um, you have to register for these online online uh, apps. But th- there are five places in particular that w- would be authorized by this bill. Um, one is PNC Arena in in Raleigh, uh, where the hur- uh, where the Hurricanes play, as well as NC State basketball, um, the, the Panther Stadium in Charlotte, the Hornet Stadium in Charlotte, uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway. And then uh, Quail Hollow, which hosts a PGA tournament uh, yearly, and that's in the Charlotte area as well, uh, would be allowed to do it. Although my sense from reading the bill and from talking to people is that might be a temporary one. It would pop up during the event and and go and would not be a year-round type of thing. Um, but these venues would, would have what some people call kind of sports lounges, places where people could go, watch the game with other people, you know, cheer, you know, their, uh, watch for their bets. And this would be yep. a way to attract more people to, say, PNC Arena in Raleigh uh, when, when there's not an event happening. You know, these, the people who own the, own the arena or own the teams want to get more people to their, to their venues and generate more revenue. This, they think, is, is one way to do that. So um, let's talk about who exactly um, who support this bill has. This bill has the support of um, a wide array of, of key players. It has bipartisan support in, in the legislature. 
Um, Governor Cooper, as I understand it, has expressed some support for sports betting in the past. Um, and then one of the main uh, uh, sort of um, details in, our, in, in your coverage of this is that the three professional sports teams here in North Carolina um, are also supportive of this. So can you just break this down for us? Yeah, who's who is backing this? Yeah, I think I think you nailed it. I mean, the Hornets, the Hurricanes, the the Panthers are behind this. Uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway is behind it. Uh, they've even you know lobbied on behalf of this bill. Uh, the Lumbee Tribe, which owns the casinos, uh, is is in support of it. They'd be guaranteed um, a license to do the online sports wagering. Um, there'd be between ten and twelve of those online licenses, at, but any federally recognized tribe that gets one does would not count towards that that 12 yeah. that maximum of 12 so so there could be slightly more than 12 um yeah re, you know the, the bill passed the senate with a minority of republicans backing it um which is unusual uh given that the the senate is republican controlled um but there is sort of this bipartisan support between republicans and democrats um you know some think it's a way to get more revenue for the state some think it's something that's already happening so we should clean it up, regulate it, tax it. Um, so there are lots of different rationales for, for why people are sort of backing it. But um, yes, Governor Cooper has in the past expressed support for it. Uh, when I contacted his office, they would not talk about this bill specifically, but said he's, he's largely supportive of sports gambling as long as there are guardrails in, in the legislation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the opposition to the bill is also bipartisan. There are some on the right who have moral objections to gambling, um, say, it, you know, uh, list a, a whole divorce, addiction, uh, bankruptcy, list an entire category, domestic violence, yeah. an entire um, litany of problems of ills that they think will, will come from legalizing sports gambling. Um, on the other side, are, are on, the, on the left, there are some who believe that it preys on the poor, um, much like the lottery, um, that, that it, you know, people spend their money on this when, when they don't really have that money to spend on, on this. Um, some see it as a kind of a giveaway to some of the richest people in our state, um, sports owners who, you know, have made enough money to, to purchase a professional sports team. Do they really need the state to sanction another revenue stream for them? So the opposition to the, the support for the bill is both bipartisan, is bipartisan. The opposition for the bill is bipartisan. Um, people I spoke to, believe that there are enough votes in the house to, to pass this this year um but it will be an interesting vote as many as 50 percent of republicans could vote against it in the house um counting on democrats to, to provide the the rest of the votes uh to to give it a majority so it, it it's in these highly polarized times it's interesting to yeah. see an issue that cuts along different uh, doesn't yeah. really follow the the republican democratic divide yeah um and then in the house the other key question is um, you know, do lawmakers pass the bill as it's passed the Senate or do they have their own changes that they want to make? In that case, it would be sent back to the Senate. Is that correct? Right. And so there's a couple questions on this. How much of an appetite does the Senate have to take another difficult vote? I mean, I just mentioned that it passed with a minority of Republican support. Do they really want to make those members have to cast another vote on, on this topic? Or could they pass it as is and then come back next year when it's already law? It might be easier to adjust some of the numbers. I think the three big things to look at in this bill uh, as far as possible changes are, one, uh, the tax rate. Right now, the tax rate is 8% on adjusted uh, gaming revenue. 
Um, so that w- that's not gross revenue. Um, it's adjusted so it allows for some some deductions and you can take out some some parts of it. Eight uh, percent seems a little bit low. Um, only in the sense of comparisons to other states. Virginia's at about 15%. New York and New Hampshire are at 51% of gross revenue, which is a giant number. I can't see North Carolina going there, but I could see that Virginia 15% of adjusted growth, uh, gaming revenue being being you know a target or at least pushing it up. I, some of the numbers that were thrown out in committee were 12%. Um, I don't think that 8% is a firm number, uh, so it could go up. One of the other areas to look is license fees. Uh, it, the bill would charge $500,000 for a license fee. Um, Illinois, I believe, charges $20 million for a license fee. Pennsylvania. That's substantial. Yeah, Pennsylvania charges $10 million for a license fee. Um, so the 500000 number, again, in comparison to some of the others, seems a little low. I've spoke, I spoke to one expert on, on kind of the legislation around the country who said this bill is, is obviously a little more favorable to operators than some of the other bills. Uh, some of the other laws that have passed. Um, and then the last thing that I think lawmakers may take a look at is the tax revenue that comes into the state. Uh, as the bill is currently written, 50% of that would go to a major attractions fund uh, to help um, bring sports events to the state. So uh, think the NASCAR All-Star Race or a Super Bowl or ACC Tournament or Final Four. Um, those events require – Obviously, a, a, a lot of commitment on the on behalf of the people putting it on. Now, a lot of times they'll make that money back and then some, but um, this fund would uh, sort of offer a rebate on some of the expenses that you incurred as long as as you know the event happened, the event generated the kind of economic impact that it was supposed to. You might be able to get a rebate on some of the expenses that you had. Um, I, I could see some lockmakers saying, "No, you know, let's just put all that money in the general fund, and then and then we'll decide what to do with it." But those are the yeah. three things I think in the bill that would attract the most attention from from lawmakers who who would be willing to support it, but maybe need to see some changes. So, um, I think one one quick thing I want uh, wanted to go back to, which was uh, really interesting in in your coverage, was you, know, you were talking about. Um, concerns from some lawmakers about um you know comparing this to to the lottery um and um you know there's some uh discussion among experts sort of uh talking about how the two aren't really the same um there's it's there's a bit of a difference between um you know how easy it is or how relatively easy it is to buy a lottery ticket and and you know, play the lottery versus do sports betting. And, and it's not necessarily always the same people doing both. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Th- so the sports gambling, according to, you know, experts, and, and this sort of makes sense, it, you know, it tends to uh, be much more male. Uh, the people participating tend to be uh, much more men, sort of age 25 to 49. Um, they tend to have a little more disposable income than people who play the lottery. Um, they do tend to get a little more addicted. Um, you know, obviously there are sporting events happening almost every single day of the entire year. Yeah. Uh, it's not something where you purchase a lottery ticket, you know, for it's not a one-off. Yeah. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, uh, you know, the, I, I, I don't know if it's North Carolina that does this, but I think it was New York that used to call the lottery, you know, the, their slogan would be a dollar and a dream. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a dollar, you can dream of winning a massive, massive, uh, prize, hundreds yep. of millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars. 
even even the smaller prizes are in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, and so if you're down on your luck and you have a couple a couple bucks, the lottery is a much more enticing thing to to get rich quick. Um, sports gambling doesn't work like that. Um, even if you took the the biggest of underdogs or or something with the largest of odds, you're you're not going to turn ten dollars into a million dollars, much less a yeah. hundred million dollars. Um, most of sports gambling is you're trying to turn you're trying to turn eleven bucks into ten bucks or yeah. one hundred much more modest yeah one hundred and ten dollars yeah. into a hundred dollars like um or, you know when it's all said and done if if you were to win your bet you place a, a bet for one hundred and ten dollars. You would win a hundred, so in the end, you'd end up with two hundred and ten dollars. Um, great, that's awesome, right? Everybody's very yeah. happy to win money, but it, it is not the kind of life changing money that the lottery offers. It's it's not the same promise. Um, it's it's a little bit of a different kind of wager. Now, certainly, you can put together parlays, which are bets on lots of different events. Yeah. If you hit twenty of them, uh, then then you might be able to win some giant prize. But it it. And I'm not defending one or the other. I'm just saying that those are sort of the differences between the lottery and, and sports gambling. It's not necessarily a get-rich-quick kind of scheme um, yeah. in the way that the lottery offers this potential for life-changing money you know, every week. Yeah, so there, you know, there really are unique considerations that um, lawmakers have to think about. Um, yeah, and now, now certainly, I mean, I think you know it, some of the critics will say, well, you know, men twenty five to forty nine are sort of vulnerable. You know, these are people who should be starting families and, and working, and you know, there are lots of, of bad things that can come from sports gambling. That, that's a different, you know, and that's certainly a, an argument that's worth having. Um, it's sort of different than the theory of the lottery that is, you know, someone spending their last ten dollars trying to win a yeah. hundred million dollars. Yeah. All right. Um, well, that uh, is that's that's a fascinating um, uh, fascinating development uh, to, for something for us to watch here in North Carolina. I think the main question that's left is what exactly comes next. What what are you looking for next um, in terms of uh, you know consideration of this in the House? And then um, I, I wonder hypothetically if the bill is passed and signed into law. How soon do you think? we might be able to see legal sports betting here online and on phones. Yeah. So those are the the two pressing questions. I think at this point, I think um, uh, I would expect in the short session, this to come up. Uh, It it still has to get through a couple of other house committees before it gets to the full house. Um, But I think that the sponsors want to do it quickly, um, not have it linger out there for for a long time, like some bills do in the state legislature. Um, So I can imagine it passing during the short session. Uh, then it would have to be signed by the governor. The bill outlines specifically how many days the license, the the lottery commission, which would run this, would um, have. Uh, I believe it's sixty days. They would have from the time they get the applications till the time they issue a a yes or no. Um, mm-hmm. I think a realistic timeline would be sometime at next January, perhaps as soon as January first. But certainly there would be a push to get this done before the next Super Bowl. So obviously one of the biggest gambling days yeah. of the year. I think uh, licensees, the, these operators would want to get up and running sometime in January. Um, that's when we saw New York do it. Uh, that's when Virginia started it. Uh, they both were able to get up and running in January of a new year. I think that would probably be the push is to try to get uh, legalized sports gambling online uh, by by January of next year. Well, that um, – that- 
sounds like, uh, you know, um, a lot for us to to look at um, and, and people will be um, eagerly looking at this and anticipating it, I'm sure. Um, people who who want to expand sports betting and make this much more accessible here in the state. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much, Brian, for for talking with with us today about this. Um, and um, and thank you so much for your extensive reporting on this. Um, uh, to any listeners um, out there, if you want to learn much, much more about this, we have a multi-part series. Um, and if you want to tell people more about that, um, they can find it at, at newsobserver.com. But if you want to just lay out quickly. Sure. Yeah. Newsobserver.com. Uh, about seven stories related to this pro and con columns uh, reporting from Cherokee country. Um, I wrote several things, including a timeline of kind of gambling in the state, as well as uh, what to expect. If, uh, if this does pass into law, what are three things you can expect to see if you're a, if you're a TV watcher or, or a sports fan? Okay. Um, well, uh, go ahead and check that out. Um, anyone who's listening, um, head to, head to the website and check that out. Um, and again, thank you so much, Brian. Um, I think that does it for us for this uh, week's episode of Under the Dome. Um, until next time, I'm Avi Bajpai, um, uh with the News and Observer. For more from our politics team, subscribe to the News and Observer at newsobserver.com slash subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at Under the Dome and NC Insider, and sign up for her weekly political newsletter at newsobserver.com slash newsletters. Thanks for listening.